0: Welcome to Tech Insights from Infotech Research Group, the podcast where a group of expert analysts cut through all the noise and focus on what really matters for technology leaders. Whenever I think about the economy, I think about Bill Clinton. He used the phrase, it's the economy, stupid, to power his successful 1992 presidential campaign. The phrase was coined by strategist James Carville. It resonated because the U.S. was going through a recession at the time. People saw a return to economic growth as a a return to an improved quality of life. Now, here we are in 2021, and we're coming out of another global recession. This one had a different story to its cause. But when we're thinking about the future of how business will be making decisions and what investments they will be making in technology, well... It's still the economy, stupid. And here to discuss with me today is a man that I look to to help for help in understanding the economy. It's Ken McGee, a research fellow at Infotech. Welcome, Ken. Thank you, Brian. So, Ken, uh, I know you live in New York City, uh, and I wonder if you were a fan of Clinton.
1: Well, actually, I don't live in New York City, I live north, and I actually live about two miles from Bill Clinton, so we don't talk about such things.
0: <laughs> you do? You never phone him up, eh?
1: Yeah, you never, you never know when you're going to bump into him, and believe me, there are many Clinton sighting, sightings in the area, restaurants and such.
0: Okay. Well, forgive my Canadian overgeneralization of New York City. <laughs> but let's start here with a bit of a history lesson about the economy, and don't worry, I'm not going to bore everybody to tears here. This is a really simple one. Since World War II, there have been three really major economic crises. You can mark these moments by times when gross domestic product growth plummeted towards near zero or even worse. The energy crisis of 1982 led to a global recession and jobs crisis. Then we made it all the way to 2008 before the next meltdown. And remember that was the subprime mortgage crisis if you still need to learn about it i suggest you just watch the movie the big short it'll be the funnest way to do that and then we rebounded after that and we made it all the way to 2020 and i don't have to remind you why we dipped into that recession but i guess the good news is that uh it was short-lived and we've already bounced back is, is that right Ken? Uh, partially brian we have come back growth has returned
1: but we have not it reached the point where we were prior to the recession so growth yes par no not yet
0: ken how come gdp growth has been able to rebound so quickly even though the pandemic is still very much present
1: it has a lot to do with the components of gdp and those components are government spending private consumer spending and everything is relative so we are really comparing current rates and growth compared to the very very bottom of the uh cycle which happened to be around november of last year Mm. and
0: we're coming back but we're not back to par as i said okay and we'll get into some more of the details of uh, what you just mentioned there but how would you compare this big dip and uh, in this case, we actually went into negative growth uh, compared to, like, in the last crisis, uh, we were flat. We had no growth for a little while. It was a little bit longer that we had that dip for. But, uh, how you know, how would you frame it? How do you compare this most recent recession to the previous one back in 2008,
1: 2009? Right. It, it obviously wasn't very long ago and much was written about and spoken about how the last recession was the worst recession since the Great Depression in the 1929 and 1930s. However, the recession we're currently in and from which we're recovering surpassed the Great Recession. So it is the worst economic period uh,
0: since the Great Depression in the 1930s. Maybe we'll call it the greatest depression. Greater. Yeah. Although at least it was short. Okay. But when we're, let's focus in on North America, the country where you live is the United States. The country where I live is Canada. So, of course, you have to be a little bit self-centric here. Um, How have we been doing in North America the last couple of years then? Well, we were moving quite nicely, thank you,
1: Uh, both in Canada and the United States with growth one percent one and a half percent two percent year but steady growth nonetheless uh until the the issue arose probably you can see it on the radar uh, on the gdp charts around february and march because it just fell off the uh, cliff so precipitously mm-hmm. um, so but great growth since the recovery of the 2008 recession and then a sudden stop and downfall.
0: Yeah. And when we're looking at projections for 2021 and 2022, uh, we're seeing that return to growth. So the U.S. projected to grow 5.1% this year, Canada 3.6%. And uh, next year, uh, we're seeing growth again, 2.5% for the U.S., 4.1% for Canada. So uh, I guess this is just more of that rebound story uh, here. It is, Brian, but it's also helpful to remember
1: that these are relative percentages. Growth and a sustained growth of 4% plus, as you know, we're expecting 4% in Canada next year, is white hot. That's an incredibly aggressive rate of growth. But it's 4.1%, yes, but it's relative to a, such a deep, deep decline. So because of the relative movement from very low part of the trough to climbing out of it, you have some very encouraging numbers, but it's not to be mistaken for sustained growth.
0: Now, I was reading your local newspaper this morning, actually, Uh, I think it's called the New York Times, and um, just happened to have a copy on my iPad. So uh, I was reading about Biden's $2 trillion American investment plan, very ambitious uh, spending on infrastructure, rebuilding roads, um, investing in research and development, uh, renewable electricity, all, all sorts of initiatives, a huge amount of government spending. Um, if that gets passed, would we expect to see like this? these projections go up even higher in the U.S.?
1: Yes, is the answer. Because, again, GDP is made up of four components, major components, two of major components being government spending and consumer spending. That government spending will just jump off the page uh, with $2 trillion in a relatively short period. I mean, the, the period we're talking about is 10 years worth of spending, right. but it will show up
0: on the radar screen,
1: no no doubt. Okay,
0: that makes sense. So let, let's cast our gaze now to uh, foreign markets, because uh, unfortunately, North America is only one small part of the whole world economy. And, um, you know, looking out there uh, at, at the international market, what, what would you want to highlight in terms of an interesting economic story over the last couple of years, Ken?
1: Again, we, uh, we're all pretty much performing as boats rising with a common uh, tide, Um, Very few exceptions, but nonetheless, there was worldwide growth economically. Um, The devastation brought by the coronavirus has just been very devastating to uh, just a a short list of countries, about 20 countries, which make up more than 80% of the world's entire output. So good story prior to really, really devastating story in obviously not just economic terms, but but human terms especially.
0: Yeah, of course. And uh, one highlight in the numbers that I want to just pull up here is China, because they were one country that actually didn't go into a negative dip, uh, even though the pandemic started there.
1: Well, we can't um, verify the accuracy of these numbers,
0: Okay, right. I, I understand what you're saying. There's like different countries might have different uh, ways to calculate their GDP.
1: Did I say that
0: delicately enough? <laughs> I believe you did. All right, well, that makes sense to me. Let's let's move on though to sort of the we' were talking about so far the story of the past couple of years, but what what is the story of the next couple of years? And we were talking about some GDP projections there, but another uh, statistic, Uh, That you like to use and uh, is commonly used as well to uh, project into the future is CEO sentiment Uh, for people that run companies uh, How positive are they about the economy and how much do they plan to spend and hire and all of these good things? So we're looking at uh, some surveys uh, like PwC's annual C- CEO global survey, and we're seeing uh, some good sentiment uh, come out of that. So, can uh, take us through the highlights. What stuck out to you about this survey in terms of CEO sentiment? Sure. The um, reason for
1: monitoring the economy is to get a baseline very similar to what you obtained from your... Uh, physicians on any particular matter, you get a baseline of what is happening right now. We get that baseline from the current economy and the reports that you and I have just been talking about. You use that baseline then and turn your attention to CEO sentiment who look at the same baseline and you you get from that what do they gather from the economic data in terms of what do they expect for the upcoming year no one likes to look backwards we all know where we've come from but CEOs will take that baseline and project and the numbers were just amazing I frankly have been monitoring this for many many years and I was surprised that the PwC Coopers survey yielded the finding that 76 percent of CEOs who took the survey, uh, and there were over a thousand of them, uh, reported a very favorable view about what they were expecting from revenue growth for next year. Very, very aggressively positive view.
0: Yeah. And you haven't seen a sentiment that is that positive like in the past 10 years. So it's pretty significant. And of course it's, uh, on the rebound right so we've just had a low point so compared to what we just went through things are looking great that's part of it right all right and uh, when we're looking across different industries and the in terms of what are they forecasting in terms of growth for the next few months uh, what industries are looking at an increase and what industries are looking at a decrease
1: well, for reasons of the pandemic, but for reasons outside of the pandemic, uh, you're going to see very, very healthy growth taking place in healthcare. You're going to see it in life sciences, really very kind levels of growth, even if there had not been a, a pandemic. Uh, that is just simply a function of an aging society uh, here in North America. And the need just frankly continues to grow. Uh, but also very favorable growth taking place in in the energy sector. Our appetite in North America continues to grow for energy. It's, it's just ongoing and seemingly never-ending. The appetite for additional technology in the future and just overall... Uh, Very, very favorable views about the climate that is expected by CEOs who are likewise, as
0: I said, monitoring projections for uh, the economy. Okay, and a great source for this sort of industry data uh, is the 2021 BDO, Middle Market CFO Outlook. And uh, in that uh, survey, we can see that the technology sector is really positioned for growth. Most um cfos more than 50 percent are saying that they expect an increase in their financial forecasts correct yeah absolutely um another uh way we can assess the economy is how many people are at work uh during the pandemic of course we saw a really dramatic drop off in overall employment governments had to roll out uh social welfare programs to uh a, a, accommodate people that just weren't able to go into their jobs anymore uh, because of the strict government lockdowns imposed. So, when we look at uh, the total employment f- numbers uh, from the Wall Street Journal and the Vestige uh, Small Business CEO Confidence Survey, uh, what sort of story does that tell us, Ken? Here again, looking at
1: COVID cases and COVID deaths you are given a graphically clear uh, understanding of how the pandemic has affected human uh, conditions suffering and its experiences here uh, in this uh, Wall Street Journal survey you see another vestige of human suffering and that is uh, unfortunately the vast numbers of people uh, who have lost their jobs? Uh, the The number is just devastating around the world in North America. Uh, more than a million uh, people are you know just looking for work in Canada. And uh, ten million people in uh, the United States are looking for work, having been um, just jettisoned. From their positions, unfortunately, uh, because of the significant drop in demand. Therefore, that's why we look at things like uh, personal spending and such. It, that demand just dropped off. Consequently, people uh, were let go or uh, just temporarily off, off the payroll.
0: Yeah. Okay. So still a long way to go in terms of getting uh, the workforce back to work even though um, the economic growth has been pretty decent in the past nine months. Absolutely correct.
1: More mm. to go though, much, much more to go. Right.
0: Okay, How we, we have a bit of a focus on small business here. Uh, small business is an important part of the economy to consider um, because it's a, a big portion of the economy, and it's a big portion of the service sector for when you're thinking about uh, who's buying technology? Who's buying technology services? Um, it's often the the smaller portion, uh, or, or the companies with fewer employees. So think about 500 and under, and uh, we're seeing good data from them too in terms of their executive confidence and uh, what they expect to uh, see a return to growth here as well. So small businesses are looking up too. It's not just the big guys. Absolutely, and it's very consistent with the PwC survey,
1: uh, which uh, represents and reflects much, much larger corporations, the the mega corporations of the world, uh, and the Wall Street Journal small business survey reveals a consistent view. CEOs in both arenas are very, very encouraged and and very uh, optimistic about the future. 76 percent at the pwc survey 73 percent of ceos from the wall
0: street journal survey um, projections are positive all around okay well that's good news i'm glad that small business are, are, are on the rising tide as well because uh, part of the conversation during this pandemic has been about how small businesses have really lost out in comparison to um, the big corporations you think about the Amazons, the Walmarts the world uh, that have benefited because um, people uh, are using those services more than ever, shopping at those locations, getting deliveries to their door, uh, while some smaller businesses, well, they they just couldn't keep their, door, their doors open during this time. So there was that sort of dramatic divide between performance. So n- nice to see them bouncing back. I, I think the last uh, point of this economic conversation that we can touch on. You know, with all this economic growth, uh, you sort of want to translate that often into, well, where will people be investing? If we're expecting growth, uh, what happens with that additional uh, money, that the infusion of money that's coming through? And um, a digital transformation, of course, was a huge theme of the pandemic with people basically being forced to, to work from home. Uh, and businesses sometimes having to reinvent the way they cater to their customers uh, in order to keep their doors open, they they were had to do that over digital channels. And we see um, projections here. Uh, this is also from PwC's CEO survey, uh, showing that CEOs expect to increase their spend on digital transformation significantly.
1: Uh- that is a an outcome from the portion of the survey that asked about, well, you are assuming that you're going to have a positive environment in the future that suggests your likelihood of spending more on investment, investing in the future. So where are you going to spend that? And the CEOs indicated, and frankly, I, I was really thunderstruck at this, and of, of the, all the options that, that were presented, Organic growth in the future, uh, sustainability, uh, R&D—the uh, number one, the number one category that came out, saying we will increase significantly our investment, i.e., greater than 10 percent—was digital transformation. And I just guess I didn't expect CEOs to
0: even know what that is. So
1: <laughs> shame on me, and uh, I'm delight, delighted.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, it's the million-dollar question, I guess, Ken, but why do you think CEOs are uh, putting so much investment into digital transformation?
1: I still think that uh, for a number of years now, there has been a reliance upon the word, the term digital, that it somehow has some mysterious ability that if we could only uh, – Reverse engineer and understand its makeup, and and then use that. We can, you know, somehow magically grow. Obviously, a lot of that is just silly and nonsense. Um, the word digital has been so desperately abused. But nonetheless, uh, since the number one priority after the recession is an expectation by CEOs to return to business growth. How do we reach that growth that is, in their view from this survey, via digital transformation? Through that transformation, we will get back to growth and we will sustain revenue growth onward and hopefully not go through this any time soon.
0: Yeah, I'd prefer to avoid it again, um, if we could. Uh, two times in uh, the last, oh, 10, 12 years, that was enough. It's quite enough, that's quite enough. Thank you very much. And Ken, thank you so much for joining me today and talking me uh, through all of this data that we're looking at about the economy. I uh, appreciate uh, you uh, preparing the research, bringing the understanding of the current economic situation to me. Brian, thanks so much for inviting me and for listeners of tech insights uh, remember to subscribe to us or if you're on apple podcasts you follow us the important thing is that you're notified about every new episode of tech insights that makes its way to your smartphone just subscribe today and every monday morning you'll have a new episode just like this one thanks so much for listening i'm brian jackson